The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Today, the Cabinet Committee on Ukraine looks set to approve large reductions in benefits for refugees coming from Ukraine in future. If approved, new Ukrainian arrivals to the country will receive 38.80 per week, down from 220 euros per week, with state-provided accommodation limited to 90 days only. Joining me now to discuss this is Michael Healy Ray, Independent TD. Good morning to you, Michael. How are you? Good morning, Bobby, to you and to your listeners. Lovely to talk to you, Michael. Firstly, is this telling us that Ireland is now closed? Well, I suppose the first thing I'd like to point out is that uh, myself and my other colleagues in the Rural Independent Group, for over eight months, we have been seeking to have a debate on our policy, on our migration policy, and the way we deal with people coming to this country uh, for a long time. And it was only last week it came onto the floor of the Dáil. And we were disappointed, to be frank, at the reaction of some of the other members in the Dáil because they were trying to paint us and make us out to be something that we are not. They were trying to say we were racists. They were saying that we were seeking this debate on foot of the riots and the streets of Dublin, which nothing could be further from the truth because the record will show that Deputy Matthew McGrath had been seeking on our behalf this uh, debate on the floor of the Dáil, which I think was only right and proper. We debate every issue of the Dáil, but the one thing that was never actually officially debated or spoken about was our policy. Now, one of the things that we were speaking about and have been speaking about for a long time is harmonisation of supports. Now, it makes no <clears> sense <throat> in the world that if you go to one country versus another country versus another country, that uh, there was different levels of supports. So why should we not have a uniformity so that if a person seeking protection comes to this country, that we shouldn't be disproportionately uh, giving what I would call a better package or a better deal to people coming uh, than if they were to go to some other country. Because at the end of the day, we have massive housing needs ourselves. Before there was ever a war in the Ukraine, which of course we're all devastated to think of these lovely families being broken up and having to leave their homes. And we can never forget that that is why those people are coming here. But we also then have um, a moral responsibility to take care of the people that are on our own housing lists and trying to, like it's no notice when a person goes on a list here, they have to wait 10 and 12 and 13 years. That's that's no notice. That's an average length of time. I suppose to be fair about it, maybe, maybe calling eight years might be an average or nine years might be an average waiting time. So we have to be conscious of the fact of those people. We have to be conscious of the fact that there is 12 or 13,000 people actually homeless, registered homeless in Ireland. And the one worry that I have now, and we really have to think this through, it's very welcome, and I, I, I appreciate the work that um, people like Minister Roderick O'Garman is doing, a, a very difficult task. And uh, to be honest, the problem was foisted upon him. Uh, but... What I'm and the people in the administration in the department, it's a nightmare for them to try and be dealing with this issue. But the the question I have is so they're saying now, or it looks like that the cabinet will approve this, and that is you come here ninety days state accommodation. You're on your own. It's a case of off with you and uh, off with you, and uh, you must sort out your own accommodation. Now. Where is that accommodation going to come from? Because we're not building houses uh, or providing accommodation in anything like the speed that we should be doing. 
And as far as I can see, and I'd like to think <clears> that I have a good finger on the pulse on this, because I, I deal, and I, in case anybody listening to this says, oh, he has a conflict of interest because I do housing myself, I make no apology in the world. Since I was 19 years of age, I provide accommodation for all categories of people, for young families, students, workers, uh, retired people, and and in the the last year and a half for uh, families coming from the Ukraine. And, and like, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I think it does is it gives me a handle on what's happening. And the one thing that I see happening, Bobby, if a person wants to develop accommodation today, if you want to build houses, if you're a building contractor, be it a small contractor looking to build two or three houses every 12 months or even one house every 12 months, or if you're a large-scale developer like your Flynn Group or people like that, respectable builders that are there, Michael Flynn, people like that, that have stood the test of time and that are there for decades and providing a lot of accommodation. Uh, The problem that I see is the planning process and the objections. We've seen the, the, what I would call questionable behavior of objectors, but it makes no sense to me that at a time of housing crisis, that every, every obstacle that couldn't put, be put in the way of people providing accommodation is put there. You have the objectors to continue it. You have an absolutely regular, rigorous planning policy. And if you compare how difficult it is to get approval to develop anything here versus any other part of the world, I really believe we'd be in the top five in, in, in the whole world. So, so Michael, let me ask to, you this then. <clears throat> if you feel that potentially Ukrainian refugees would be homeless after 90 days, would we, be, would we not be better off not taking them at all if that was going to be the but, scenario? Well, and I'm, I'm very glad you put that to me this way. At the very beginning, for example, in County Kerry, before one Ukrainian person came to County Kerry, I said, and I went on the record, and I know I thought there was people that would kill me for it, but I said that we should welcome 20,000 people and stop because I thought that that was a good figure, that if we did our part and welcomed 20,000 people, because it's not just about accommodation. You have the additional supports, like it can be education, it can be health care. I mean, if you were a carry person looking to get a dentist today on a medical card and carry, you can't get them. If you were a person in Killarney looking to go on a doctor's list, you can't get a doctor to take you on. So our services are under pressure as it is. But... Maybe it is. So what about that question that I just asked you then? After yes, ni- yes. Rather than make a person homeless after 90 days, would it not be more responsible of us to say we're actually closed? It's a, well, that was one of the things we wanted to debate the last day, is if you're filling a bucket with water, the bucket can only hold so much. And when I see the competing demands between our own people that are on our housing list here already, you have young children today who are 17 and 18, and and they're the young mothers and fathers of a couple of years' time, perhaps. And where are we going to house everybody? And unless, unless that there's a massive building program in Ireland and that we are going to provide accommodation quickly, which I don't see happening. I hear all this rubbish about modular homes. For God's sake, 
People talk about modular homes as if, oh, well, you can go into a field and next week you'll have, you'll have 50 houses inside there. Absolute rubbish. Modular homes will have to go through the planning process the exact same as every, every place else. You'll still have to connect to a storage system that will have the capacity to take you, which many of our storage systems don't have in our towns and in our villages. They are closed unofficially. If you take Kinmeyer Town, you can't build housing in Kinmeyer Town tomorrow morning because the storage capacity isn't there to take those houses. So until we get our house in order, is it not time to say we've done our part, we've done everything, but we can't guarantee you accommodation anymore? And uh, I really think we're hitting that point. And I really think, but what I'm afraid of, then, and I, I want to be very frank about this, if you have the horrible things that were said to us last week, as if that we were racist, and because, and like when I ask these questions, and when I'm questioning, do you know what the government are going to do? For goodness sake, Bobby, that doesn't mean to think that, that I think anything less of anybody coming here. Like I said, the people coming from war-torn countries, they are coming here to save their lives. So I'm saying nothing bad or nasty against anybody. Yeah. All I'm saying is, for God's sake, where are we going to put the people? Yeah. And this 90 days business, this really worries me. Because what you're saying to a person is, Come on away, we'll bring you in. We'll put you in state accommodation for 90 days. And after 90 days, then, no, that's the question, Mark. What, what, what happens after 90 days? Where are you supposed to go after Well, I think we days? know what happens, as in that, that a lot of these people will, will, won't be able to find accommodation. That's, well, that's, that's what's going that's to happen. What I think as well. Where is it going to miraculously appear out of overnight? And uh, like Saturday, for example, I was doing my clinics on Saturday, and I'm only representative of every other TD and every other county councillor in the country. I met with an awful lot of people at my clinics. And I have to tell you that I suppose a fair, it would be fair enough to say that 60 or 70% of the queries that I had was in regard to housing. And in other words, people needing houses, uh, people, uh, you know, just after going on the housing list are people who have been on the list for years and years saying, oh, my goodness, when am I going to get accommodation? And like, is it any wonder I'd be worried? And is it any wonder I'd be questioning it? But, but I think that an awful lot of politicians, be they councillors, and I want to compliment every councillor in Ireland who's dealing with the housing problems as well, because a lot of their work is made up of housing issues. But I think that it's time that people came out and weren't afraid to say, I'm questioning this. Because all along, what people were afraid of was, oh, if I'll go saying anything, they'll say I'm a racist. It's a bit like Father Ted. Oh, Father Ted, uh, I hear you're a racist now. I mean... And, so you're a racist uh, now, Father. That's right. <laughs> so it is a case of, oh, Michael Healy, you're talking about this. So, God, you're a racist now. Uh, you know, on top of everything else, we'll give you out about you. You're a racist as well. Well, I have news for people. I'm not a racist. And I, I don't care what skin color or what language a person is talking. They're every bit as good and maybe better than you and me. But my job as a public representative is to question things. Michael, let me and ask you another question. What about yes. the fact now that the Ukrainians, our Ukrainian friends that are here with us, are earning 220 or getting 220 a week? And now that new people are going to get 3880 a week and like let's be frank who's going to be able to survive on 3880 a week and is it fair that the ukrainians that are here are going to get 220 and everybody else is going to get 3880 where's the logic well, in that 
Well, as I've said already, we have to harmonise the money with the rest of Europe because you can't have a situation that we're better at taking care of people than other people because I don't think that's right. You have to have harmonisation of the level of support. So but then are you suggesting order. that the Ukrainians here might have to take a cut, the ones that are, are, are uh, enjoying the benefit of 220 per week, that they might have to be reviewed? Well, I'll put it to you this way. Excellent people like Mr. Heather Humphreys, who I place an awful lot of confidence in because I think she's a very good politician. People like her will have to sit down and look at this whole problem and say, right, what is the fairest way to deal with this? And I would have absolute trust and faith and confidence in her in particular. And I mean, people like Radhika Kogarman, they're going to have to knock their heads together and say, right, what, what is the right way? What is the way to proceed in this? But we have to do something that's sustainable and we have to do something that's sensible and we have to do something that we can afford because everybody talks about us being a wealthy country and that, oh, we're this and we're that. Of course, things have improved from an employment point of view. You're talking about what will people coming here do if they are finding themselves on 38 euros a week? Well, we are at full employment. I would hope that people will be able to find jobs. I would hope that people... If will we be allow them work, that because, is. Yeah. Exactly. Because because we're continuously saying, what you hear, the, the, say, for instance, the hospitality sector saying we don't have chefs, we don't have people to work in hospitality. Well... I mean, there's no point in people being here and not working. Everybody, it's good for your mind, it's good <clears> for your, your soul to go out and get up in the morning, go away and do a day's work. Okay. So if people are coming here, I'd like to see them coming here, but getting on their own two feet and going out and going, rolling up their sleeves and going to work. And I'm sure they'd like to work. Okay. Because young people in particular have no business in the world in being idle, kicking their feet around the ground every day. You're way better off to be working. Okay, Michael, thanks for your views. Always appreciate it. And good to talk to you this morning. News Talks Christmas Cash Machine. Now, what a Friday it was for our winner, David Lynch. Uh, David was at work when we called but had the cash amount taken down and he's now won the biggest cash prize ever on Irish Radio. Well done, David. That's an incredible 5.3 million the cash machine has paid out so far this year and there's still more time to give away some more. We've reloaded the cash machine and we're ready to go again. Someone could start the week with 50k on its way to them. It's easy to take part. We're about to give you an amount. You take note of it, enter... And if we call you and you give us the number, you win that cash. The cash machine amount is €50,213.82. €50,213.82. Text the word PLAY to 57557. That's PLAY to 57557. Uh, cost is 250 plus your standard message rate to pay. You have to be over 18. You're playing across the go-out network of stations. Full terms are on our website, newstalk.com. Get your entry in by 3pm on Monday. The cash machine will then randomly pick one entry, and it could be you we're calling. Answer within five rings, tell us the prize amount, and that cash is yours. €50,213.82. €50,213.82. Text play to 57557. That's 57557. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.